Summertime, and it's finally getting hot in Arizona. Yeah, it's about 107 here in the Valley of the Sun today. And things are heating up around the league as well. Free agency is on the horizon. Trades are getting ready to happen. And the Phoenix Suns are looking to finally fill out that roster. And we'll finally have some guidance and understanding as to who exactly this team is. It's interesting as you hear other teams and other national pundits talk about the Phoenix Suns and what their thoughts are, positive and negative. But ultimately, you can't understand who and what this team is going to be until you truly build out that roster and understand what that depth is. So as I bring back Matthew Lissy, who we've missed for a few shows, the first question I have for you, Matthew, is <laughs> how's how's California? How's oh, it was vacation, great. man. Oh, yeah, it was it was vacation. We were just done talking about how I've been out of the loop for about a week. Just not really know what's going on. Just being in the dark and. I'm not going to lie, Jamsters, I might be a little rusty today. I was thinking about, I'm like, how, how am I going to sound on today's podcast? And it's going to probably be a little rough of a ride, I feel like, for me. So, well, you know, that's am I freezing a lot. You're, you're, you're snippy, you know? Why? You know, I, I don't know, what but we can hear on? you just fine, and that's all that matters. Okay, okay. That's good. You know, it's not like, because that's what I'm seeing. That's why I was doing like the eye stuff. I'm like, yeah. And then, and then you froze like this. <laughs> and it was kind of funny so yeah if you're watching the podcast we thank you hit the thumbs up button subscribe rate and review and matthew apologizes in advance again as, as he said he's a little rusty it's he's been gone for about 10 yeah. days from the jam session so his internet forgets how to be on the internet uh yeah he doesn't remember exactly how to uh you know talk about basketball so we're gonna we're gonna get you back into this matthew we're gonna get you back i appreciate into this. it yeah i need the support so i'll thank ask you this question you've been out of the loop right how do you say the Suns' 52nd pick, the guy they got out of Dayton? How do you say it? <laughs> Put you on the spot there. No, because you know what's funny is I was like, I got to look him up. I saw who it was, mm -hmm. and I was like, I could look him up for the pod because I didn't do any research on the guy at all. I didn't watch any of the draft. I actually did read the ringer recap to see the winners and losers. Yeah, Nothing about the Suns in there. Of course. And I read that, but then I was like, okay, let me look up the Suns guy. I never got to it. So I have no idea. Should you, I be fired? Should you, you just fire me from the podcast? You just don't even know his name. I don't know his name. Do you, you know, know his initials? Right? Is it TP or something? It's TC. TC? Like Tori Craig, okay. Ton Chambers, Tumani Kamara. Tumani Kamara. Mm. It's funny. A good pick? Does I it mean, matter? For the, for the 52nd overall pick, sure, he's fine. Like, yeah. What do you expect? There's, there's 58 picks in the draft. It's tough to sit there and really go to town and understand who and what this person is and how they could potentially contribute to the team when they're the 52nd pick in the draft. Like, yeah, you hope he gets some minutes and some and like it, it's going to be him and Darius Baisley out there. And we're just like, yeah, we either kick the shit out of this team or we got our ass kicked. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you just you just need a rookie contract at this point to kind of put together this roster. So, you know, six foot eight kid out of Dayton, four year guy, you know, played th two years at Georgia. Well, with. Anthony Edwards, mind you, played a couple years at Dayton. He was he was classified as a junior coming out of college. But, you know, that power forward position is what we're talking about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. And we'll get into it a little bit and, and talk about the structure of this team's roster currently and and where Amar, call him Armani Booker, like Tumani, to Armani, Tsunami Poppy, uh, Karmara fits into this whole thing. So, Plenty to talk about, as per usual, on the Suns Jam Session podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Put on your ties, drink your water, mm -hmm. 
If you're listening to the pod, hop on over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. We truly, truly appreciate it. If you're uh, living in Arizona and you haven't signed up for DraftKings, go ahead and do so. Because if you're a new user, you can receive $150 in bonus bets instantly after following just three steps. Uno, create an account and deposit. And then wager $5 on any sports. So that's all three steps. I said Uno. I forgot Dose and Trace. Uno, create an account. Dose, deposit. Trace, wager $5 in any sport. Whether you win your first wager or you lose, you'll still receive the $150 in bonus bets. All you need to do is use the code SUNSJAM when you sign up. The best part is using our code SUNSJAM not only gets you the bonus, it also supports the podcast and helps Matthew with his internet and his ability to research Suns draft capital, especially when it's the 52nd overall pick. Make sure you use that code, SUNSJAM, to maximize your first bets. This offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and over and physically present in Arizona. Please gamble responsibly if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Check out the episode description for full terms of the offer. Make sure you follow the show at SUNSJAM. Follow me at Darth Void and read all of my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. Matthew, tell them where they can follow you. I'm Matthew Lissy. That was beautiful. Please follow me. Well said. Well said. I'm having a tropical ginger beer Moscow Mule tonight. There you cool. go. Q, like uh, the guy from Practical Joker. So fill them up if you got them. It looks so beautiful. Let's talk suns. We're talking power forwards, free agent power forwards. That's what we're talking about on this here edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. Uh, so I guess what I'll start with, Matthew, is a simple question. How do you perceive the power forward for the for the Suns this year? With their current roster construction, how do you see how they're going to attack that position? Is KD your starting four or is he going to be your starting three? And based on that, that's how we have to kind of navigate who these free agents are and how we're going to fill out this spot. Yeah, it's going to be weird. I think uh, with Frank Vogel here, now it's going to kind of take some time um, this offseason to realize who's going to be the starting four. The DA thing is kind of interesting because what can kind of hype you up this year would be a little bit of DA's playing the four this year. Let's see how that actually looks. We're going to commit to that. We're going to make sure DA stays at the four and we actually get a five. So that means KD would be the three. And then you get that center in there, whoever it is. Maybe it's Jock Lindale, who knows. But I just think that you can, if once you figure that out, then you can figure out the depth. I think the way that even we attack this right now on the podcast, for me, mm-hmm. it's all going to be backups, cheap guys, guys that can come and rebound, get to the hole, quickness, maybe some green guys that can just come in and, well, not literally green, Ooh. but you know, some guys that can maybe grow with us. A little bit younger, 26, 27, hadn't fully developed. But guys that can just come in off the bench, get you some rebounds, quick shots. But I'm just looking forward to those backups right now because I think you start KD at the four right now. That's what we're thinking, right? KD's going to be the four. But it is kind of interesting because you do see the DA stuff at four with Frank Vogel kind of loving that dude. So that might be the way the Suns go. Interesting. 
Interesting observation. See, I the way I'm looking at it right now is you have Beal and Booker in the backcourt, and KD's playing the three. That's my guess. And then what they do is they have DA start at the five, and they go out and they find a four. And that's what, you know, so I'm glad that you're seeing it through the lens of, hey, as we navigate this list that we're about to go through, I'm looking for the backups to KD. And I'm going to go through the list, and I'm going to kind of try to see, hey, is there a potential starter out there? Somebody who you can get on a veteran minimum to come in and play that four spot. Because if you look at it, in my opinion, you have your four starters. You have DA, which John Gambadero continues to bang the drum saying, I'm sticking with what I've been saying these last few days. It's very unlikely the Suns will trade DeAndre Ayton. Much to Matthew Lissy's chagrin. No market out there, right? (laughs) No market. or, Or Frank Vogel wants to see what he's got in this guy. I mean, you have him under contract. He's a top. I, I wrote a piece about it for Bright Side of the Sun, and I talked about he's a top eight center. And if you and and the way that I see him, he's in the third tier of centers, right? It's like Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, and then you go into like the Bam Adebayo, couple other guys, and then it's he he's in that third tier with like uh, Jared Allen. I feel now, granted, based on the amount of money he's paying, you want him to pay play like he's a second or first tier guy, but you're you have a top eight center in the league under contract why not at least give him a chance and see what he is under frank vogel so if you have him you have bradley beal you have devin booker and you have kevin durant you have to find that fifth starter do you want that to be a point guard or do you want that to be a a power forward we're going to navigate that market here shortly and, and my perception is you can have much more success finding a power forward on the market than a productive point guard you can have Devin Booker and Bradley Beal kind of run that point uh, with Kevin Durant also playing some point at times. Because I feel personally, if you put Devin Booker into the three and Kevin Durant into the four, you're forcing your, yourself to play more finesse than physical. Those guys have more potential to get worn out and injured. I feel like if you play them in the, you know, with KD as your three, there's a greater opportunity for long-term success for this team. Yeah, and you want to play big too. I think if you're going Booker and Beal, it's kind of smaller backcourt a little bit. I know you had Chris Paul and Booker back there. It's pretty small, but you really just have some guys that defensively Booker's gotten better. Beal, we don't know what he is defensively yet with this team. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just want some size. If KD's there at the three, that, I feel like that just looks good for him to play just more outside. Watching him try to rebound and help DA last year in the playoffs, it was hard to watch. Maybe yes. he's got a couple. It was very dangerous down there for that dude. So keep him out in the perimeter more. I, I would love to see that. Um, I know that Tobias Harris was like a name out there, and they said the Suns were linked. They said like a lot of teams were linked. Um, now, over the days, I think I think originally it was, it was the Suns and some other team, but now it's like now that's kind of pulling away. That's not going to be a thing. Uh, thank God. Um, but I think there are some guys on here that you can get that you're not going to pay a lot of money, and I know HBO doesn't matter. HBO will be paying a lot of money for whoever, um, but you can put a guy there at the four that's just going to be maybe a rebounder defensively, a defensive guy that would fill that spot. And I would be fine with that because I think we just have our guys. If DA is coming back, here we go again. We He has to be that fourth guy. Mm-hmm. He also has to be big. He has to be an all-star this year. And I don't know if that's possible, but that's what we're going to expect out of him again. So then it's like, if you're saying that, then it's like, well, the fourth spot, you can't have another guy that's going to want the ball, right? You got to kind of have a guy like a Josh Akogi, a bigger Akogi, just a guy in there, maybe like a Jock Lindell playing the power forward position. That's just going to fuck shit up, like you say. Yep. And he'll get the job done at that position, but we don't expect a whole a whole lot from the dude. 
No, you're right. He'd be the fifth option on offense. And that's what you're looking for. Somebody who can snag you some rebounds, you know, maybe stretch the floor of the floor a little bit. But if you're if you're doing that and you go out and you get a big, you know, six eight, six nine, six ten, six eleven guy to play your power forward, then DA could potentially be the guy who kind of exits the paint and can try to stretch the floor. Maybe he starts taking a few more threes. Now I don't yeah. know if I, I don't know if the expectation, you know, it, it's almost you can't have both. We we need DA to be the fourth option. We need him to be an all-star. Though, though that's not going to happen. It's either or, in my opinion. If he if we expect him to play like our fourth option, he ends up playing like our our third or second. All-star talks might happen again, considering the depth at the center position in the Western Conference uh, and in the league in general. But I think that DA at, as your fourth option, that's where he has the best opportunity to be successful. The challenge that we've had from him over the past few years is we've wanted him to be the second option next to Booker. And then we needed and then when he was the third, we were frustrated because CP3 had jumped him. And once Kevin Durant was here and he was the fourth option, we were fine. Like we'd still have frustrations because of lack of hustle and things of that nature, but at least we were getting the production that we expected versus what we've had in the past where we were expecting higher production, we weren't necessarily receiving it. So I think of the fourth spot where you can focus on defense, where you can potentially spread the floor a little bit. Uh, on offense and see what Frank Vogel and how his staff utilizes him is actually something I'm kind of getting, uh, you know, again, this, you can tell it's summer. I'm talking myself into it. I'm it, talking yeah, myself into liking it. I am. We're going here we to, go. We're going to here we go again. We have yeah, to. Here's the honeymoon phase again with DA. The yes. fifth time. He gets it Five again. years in a row. Well, I'll tell you this. Year, sorry. One guy who is not going to be available for the Suns to take a shot at is John Collins. Sorry, Suns fans. He's in Utah now. He got traded today to the Utah Jazz for Rudy Gay and a second-round pick. Now, the Atlanta Hawks receive a $25 million trade exception because of this. I don't even know what the fuck that means. I was trying to research Jamsters, it. I let just, us know. <laughs> yeah, Jamsters, let me know how the trade exception works. I got to really yeah. do some research on that. But John Collins is now in Utah. I mean, they're kind of saying, okay, Laurie Markkinen is going to be our five. Uh, or our three, he's going to be our three. John Collins will be our four. And then you got Walker Kessler up there, you know? So I'm just glad that we don't have to sit as we talk, explore power forwards. And even though he wasn't a restricted free agent or an unrestricted free agent, he's under contract. We don't have to think or talk about him. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. And I remember him and DA talking after one game with doing the little Jersey thing where they talk on like this. Mm -hmm. And I bet you that was like, I can't wait to get out of here. You know, I'm just sick of this goddamn place. (laughs) Now John Collins is out. He's done. And like we don't have to worry about him, obviously, but that was one trade, one trade target for the Suns that we always wanted to go after. Um, but it's a good fit, I think, in Utah. I think it'd be fun with him and marketing for sure. It's gonna be kind of interesting to watch. But I don't know, Jeff is like out there, like I, for me, like it wasn't always huge. I just wanted some some guy to replace DA, just some name, right? And what's crazy to me is I don't know how the contracts would have worked and stuff like that, but to get what the what the Hawks got back. Like, DA wasn't out there for that. I'm just saying, like, is that something that was possible? I'm just throwing it out there. If might have been. Power forward, I'd, maybe the but, Suns but, just hated them. But, but, but might not like them. Yeah, but what's the why for Atlanta? They're trying to get off that dumb contract that they True. signed. And yeah. what would they be doing? Trying to take back another dumb contract? No, they got Rudy Gay, yeah, who, go. who had a sign. Who had a, it was a sign and trade, essentially, for him. So I think that's the why. That's why... Uh, Atlanta is trying to create some flexibility because much akin to the Golden State Warriors and Jordan Poole, they signed a dumb contract with the guy. And now they're trying to turn it into an asset. And all they really turned it into was a, the largest trade exception in the NBA and Rudy Gay in a second round pick. So 
that's I'm just glad again that we don't have to talk about John Collins. And you know what? We'll probably bring Maybe him up. Will. Jamsters will be talking about him all season. <laughs> He'll dunk a couple times and everyone yeah. will, you know, they're, they'll get wet in their shorts <laughs> and, uh, you know, go from there. So what we're going to do, like we've done with our other three podcasts, when we talked about free agents is we're going to talk about the four different types of free agents there are and the four different tiers that exist underneath all of those free agents. So the four different kinds of free agents, there's club option free agents. Where obviously the club has the option of bringing them back. There's the player option where they get to choose whether or not they get to come back. There's the restricted free agents who can put themselves on the market and then the team has the first right of refusal, i.e. they can match the contract and bring them back. And then there's the unrestricted free agent. And under that, there's four different tiers. There's fringe players, there's rotation players, there's starters, and there's all-stars. So we're going to start with the club option guys. And just like last time, if there's anybody whose name kind of sparks your interest, you're like, hey, I could be interested in that. Then we can talk yeah. about, you know, the possibility of it occurring, if it makes sense financially, if it makes sense that the team will you know, not exercise an option, what have you. And again, I'm looking at this through the eyes of can the Suns bring in somebody who could be their starting four? And you're looking at this through the eyes of Kevin Durant's our starting four. We need backups for him. Now, I will say that the Phoenix Suns, the way the, the roster is currently constructed is they did – uh, draft Tumani Kamara, who you could classify as a power forward. He's six foot eight. Nice rookie contract he's going to have there. You also have Darius Baisley, who we will talk about uh, soon, but he is somebody who is a, uh, is he a club option guy? I don't remember. He is a, he's a restricted free agent. So we'll talk about him when we hit that, that phase, if you will. Um, and then outside of that, you know, Isaiah Todd, who came over in the trade with Bradley Beal, he's classified as a power forward as well. So if you're looking at the depth overall of the power forward, in Matthew's world, where Katie's the starting four, you kind of already have the 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 three by five philosophy that James Jones likes to exercise, the three deep at five positions. You already have your three guys, right? You technically have four. You have Katie, you have Isaiah Todd. You have Darius Baisley if we uh, match his RFA. And then you have Tumani Kamara. So in, in my world, I'm saying, yeah, we have those guys, but we still need a starter on top of that because I want Katie at the three. Okay, so that's okay. the premise. Makes yeah, sense. and like, yeah, with this list, the way I looked at it, I was like, I don't feel like there's anybody worth being a starting for from this list for the Suns. So I'm just, I'm throwing it out there. You're like, not yeah, wrong. Maybe. Yeah, so I'm just, there's no one from this list where I would put in that spot. There is one guy. But it's not going to happen. And we'll mention him later. But there's one dude that I, I definitely like, but it's definitely not going to happen. Well, let's start with the club option, guys. There's two club option guys available. Uh, obviously, their team has the option to bring them back. There's a fringe guy in Nathan Knight with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And there is a starter for a club option of $1.9 from the Houston Rockets. That's Kenyon Martin Jr., wouldn't that be great if the Rockets just didn't exercise the option on Ken Martin Jr. and all of a sudden he was just a free agent? Because I like Ken Martin Jr. He's young. He's, yeah. he's extremely athletic. Extremely athletic. Uh, you know, you look at his overall size, he's still a young guy, so he still has a little bit of that that wiry frame. Um, but I, I like his explosiveness. He reminds me kind of like a Derek Jones Jr., but bigger. Yeah, you know what? Uh, 12.6 rebounds average last year. He seems like a guy that can kind of blossom on another team. That team is just so strung together by a bunch of just young dudes trying to tear the team apart. Um, I liked him out of almost all of them. I think he's a fantastic player. Most importantly, he's a Capricorn. Get that That's, guy on the team. Well, 
get him on the team. I actually the Phoenix Capricorns as an option. Yeah. No, I was gonna say like he would be perfect. And when I saw his name on here, I'm like, you know what? That would be so awesome if he was just available for the Suns. I think that would be a good fit for a starting four for the Suns. You know, and again, the question comes: Do you think that the Suns would, or I'm sorry, the Rockets would exercise the option on him? You know, he is only six foot six, and like I said, wiry frame, two fifteen. Yeah. You know, I could see if Houston wasn't to exercise the option on him and if the Suns were to take a stab at him he he falls into that three slot I feel like more than a four but Houston's bringing him back right there's no way that they don't yeah select the option or even give him his rookie extension right now yeah and I think a lot of these guys on this list that I like they seem like they're undersized like a lot of them were like six 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 seven maybe not even six eight they're like 210 pounds it's like I thought we were actually growing and getting bigger you know humans it just doesn't seem like it now but a lot of these guys that I like, though, they're kind of younger, but they're always like the 6'6 six, six size or 6'7. Well, yeah. I'm like, that's not a power forward. I, well, double, well, I was like, wait, am I on the right list? But tell me this. When is the last time the Suns have or have had rostered what you would quote unquote call a real power oh, forward? Jeez. Marquise Chris? Be... Oh. Am I wrong? That's the last time we had like he a power forward. forward. He played both. Yeah, but, but he it was... was a power forward coming out. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. we haven't had a traditional power forward in Phoenix for a long, long time. You had Jay Crowder, oh, wow. you had Cam Johnson, you had KD who's tall, but he's again the reason I want KD at three is because then he has to guard guys who are threes, not fours. So yes, the the positionless approach to NBA basketball, typically the power forward positions where that sacrifice happens, where you do get the shorter guys. But you still have some teams with some bruisers out there, and putting KD up against those bruisers isn't a recipe for success all season long. And it would be nice if we could find somebody on this list who is what I would define as a bruiser, is somebody who can go out there and just be physical and give a size. You know? So, I mean, Brew92 in the chat says Sarich. Yeah, I would say. Oh, so you want him back? I thought you were like once they're no, gone. I'm sorry. Back. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, who's the who are the last guys who oh, were my power bad. forward? Like Sarich, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know he, he played he was, the best at center, didn't he? Well, the, he played a lot. He played a, a lot more center than he did mm-hmm. the the four. Uh, Morris Low Low Suns brings up one of the Morai. Yeah, are I they? Mean, it's been. Yeah, I know they're one of them's on this list, but I just yeah, I guess he's a power forward. Yeah, they're power forwards by they size. Are. Yeah. So you know, again, it's it's kind of an interesting position to navigate. Uh, if you look at the player option guys. The only guy who's technically on the list is Kristaps Porzingis with a $36 million player option, but he opted in in an effort to be traded to the Boston Celtics. So yeah. you were out of town last week. What What do you think about the Boston Celtics trading for Kristaps Porzingis, giving up Marcus Smart, and then the Memphis Grizzlies sending over Tyus Jones to the to the uh, Washington Wizards? Is this the first time you've heard of it because you were on vacation? No, actually, I listen to Bill Simmons once in a while. So me okay. being on vacation, I was away from basketball, um, but I was popping in and popping out. Uh, last time I was actually sick, I didn't make that up i was all right so i told you i there. told everyone you were still on vacation oh okay well i was actually sick um chris stops dude okay so what's crazy is i'm looking at his experience seven years yeah doesn't it seem like 11 years at least that he's been yes. in the league? i feel like chris oh has been in our lives for so long <laughs> yeah uh, to me it doesn't seem like a boston celtics kind of player like that's the first thing i thought about I'm like this guy just doesn't kind of fit the profile you know what I mean? The way that team is. I know I've always said that they have a confidence issue. Uh, so maybe he does fit right in. 
<laughs> I'm not I'm just kidding. This guy is overconfident for sure, right? That's why he actually pulled away from Dallas, did not want to play with Luka because he wants to be the number one. What if he goes there and he's actually the alpha dog of this team? Yeah, he I ain't. think he's, you know, last year he looked pretty good. He looked yeah, pretty for good. Washington. Exactly. Like there's there's some potential there. And I don't know. I don't, if I'm a, if I was a, obviously, if I was a Suns, I would never get him. But if I'm a team of the Celtics, or a fan of the Celtics, I would just be like, I don't know if I'm excited. I don't know what's yeah. going to happen here. Obviously, Marcus Smart, the whole guard thing. I heard Bill Simmons say too many guards trying to get rid of them. I wanted the Suns to get a guy like Marcus Smart. Me too. Um, so that's a good pickup for the Wizards. Um, Christoph, I just weird. For the, for the wouldn't Grizzlies. you want to stay away from him? Like always, I would. Yeah, Christoph is just one of those guys who, again, I haven't watched him extensively throughout his entire career. He's been around, but I've never been truly impressed by him. I think he fits in with Boston because they love to launch the three ball more than anybody in the league, and that's what he likes to do. He doesn't want to get down to the block, and he doesn't want to get physical, and I think that that's how you beat him and whatever team he is on is you force him into the block on defense and you pound at him. And so, again, as we explore the power forward position for the Suns, obviously with him being in another conference doesn't really matter, but that's why you want to have somebody who has girth, if you will, because you want to have the ability to wear out some of the less physical power forwards that exist in this league. So thus far on the list, we really haven't hit anybody. But let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about some of those restricted free agents, right? So you have some fringe guys to start, uh, and all of these guys are two-way contracts except for one. So the two-way contract guys I'm going to blow right through. Uh, Isaiah Mobley, who's Evan Mobley's brother in Cleveland. You have Mafundu Kabangali from the Boston Celtics. You have Mamadi Diakite from the Cleveland Cavaliers. You have Musa Diabate from the Clippers. And you have Dominic Barlow from the Spurs. Then you have Darius Baisley. So Darius Baisley, obviously, uh, the Suns have first right of refusal, if you will, for him and his contract. He is going to have a qualifying offer to start of 6.2 million. Do you think that the Suns go out and, and let him put himself out on the market before giving him that 6.2? Or do you think that they're just going to, you know, when free agency starts, there's they're, they're going to sign him to the 6.2 or do you think that they're going to pay him more than 6.2 million? I kind of see them just letting him go. Really? Honestly. Yeah, I do. For me though, I always saw a little bit of potential. The thing with the guy is I, I think he tries. I think he actually is out there trying to improve. Like he gets frustrated with himself. There's some game to him. He does make mistakes, but he doesn't have the reps, right? I would like him to come back. I would like to for him to have a chance here. Um, but I just don't see them actually resigning him. I don't. Even though I like the guy, I just think that the amount of money they're probably going to put elsewhere. I know Matt Ishbia doesn't care. But the amount of money for that guy, if Frank Vogel doesn't think he's a guy that's going to fit the rotation, I don't see him coming back. Because I think Darius, too, maybe this is for the players' sake, wants to be somewhere to actually play and improve. Because, like I said, he's that kind of guy on the court. He really is. I know he made mistakes. And I know we never got into him at all because he never really played. But there's He doesn't have a drop. Need I say more? He doesn't. No. I. You know? You're on vacation. I guess you never made it. (laughs) Have you... uh... Have you seen the Bradley Beal drop? She said you're not the only one, but you're the best Bradley Beal. Beal. That's sick. I actually did see in the comments for last pod, and I was skipping through to see if I could find it. I couldn't find it, so I was like, let me just see it on tonight's pod. You're clearly That's not good, involved man. in our in our Twitter Suns Potter Fodder chat because I put it in there too. 
I can't no, wait till it's actually in a Suns jersey. About hundred million. Yeah, sentences yeah. out of that. I, I definitely have that. I, I definitely have that uh, text chain, if you will. It's a Twitter DM chain with uh, other Suns podcasters. Yeah. Uh, I, I have my notifications turned off on that one because people start going and it'll be a hundred messages, and you're like, "Fuck, I'm not even gonna try to catch up." I try to um, jump in. I just always forget. You just, you know, you just do a poop just don't emoji. Care. I just don't care, guys. <laughs> All right. Wow. Burn. Burn. So here, here's what I think about Darius Baisley. What is Darius Baisley's strength, Matthew? If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I was going to get a thing of water. His strength? <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say his uh, motor, to me. has a, Definitely has a high motor. Has mm-hmm. a high defensive motor. He's a defensive player. He's like a Josh. He's a bigger Josh Akogi. That's the way that I saw him is when we made the trade with Dario Saric to Oklahoma City in an effort to get Darius Baisley back is I saw somebody who's long and bigger than Josh Akogi and has a motor like Josh Akogi. He's not he, he's very, very raw offensively, but defensively, he's a he's a viable asset. And I think that the Suns, because of their financial situation, the best modus operandi when it comes to Baisley isn't to sign him back on the six point two. What I think you could do is you can let him dictate his value in the market. And if a team offers him 6.2, you can match that. But what I think they should do is they should sign him to like a $12 million deal, right? Like 12 million, you know, 24 million over two years. And here's why. When you're bringing on a new player, like the unrestricted free agents, which we're going to go through here shortly, you can't, a lot of them are going to be mid-level exception guys because you don't own the rights to them, but you own the rights to Baisley. So you can sit there and you're not going to get penalized per se for really pumping up that contract. If you pump up that contract to like 12 million and he can display a little bit of value, that becomes a stacker contract like Landry Shamit had. So if you need to make a trade and you need to make the money work, Baisley's included in that trade because good, bad, or indifferent, the Suns don't have a lot more trade assets left. All of the trade assets are personnel based. There's no more draft picks, man. They traded all their draft picks. We've got pick swaps. Yeah, you can't trade those pick swaps. You already traded them. So the only way to, for them to put themselves in any position to, to make any deals on the market is to stack a couple contracts. There's no sweetening of the deal till 2031. That's just the way it is. And that's something that when we hit about 2028, we're going to be talking on this podcast being like, what the fuck are we going to do? We're, we're going to turn ourselves essentially into what the Lakers did. The Lakers didn't give themselves any outs after the the Anthony Davis trade and bringing Russell, Russell Westbrook over. We thought they were dead in the water, but the league and the opposing general managers decided to bail them out. You know, they traded Kendrick Nunn who had been injured for them for an entire season and a second round pick to the Washington wizards for Rui Hachimura. And he played a vital role in that run to the Western conference for him. So the best thing that the Suns can do is try to pump up some contracts that they currently have of the mid guys and, if and when that time comes, that's when you can cash in on that is make him a trade asset uh, as they're trading Devin Booker away someday. 
<laughs> you know what? That's a great idea. Um, can you imagine the uproar though with twenty billion dollars a year for the guy? I'm just saying, like, I feel like You're it would not be wrong. Like thing. It would happen. But you know what? If it were to happen, I would be like, eh, maybe it's like four million too much for me. If they go six to eight mil, I'd be like, all right, because I see some potential. And you know, I'm always right with that stuff. You know, as I'm I do. I do. Yeah, you've got yeah. Bro. <laughs> I gotta clean my desktop off. I think that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, that's what it is. You gotta run a defrag. You gotta defrag your, your definitely your, your gigabytes and whatnot. So that's my thoughts on Darius Baisley. I think the Sun should bring him back. If you look at rotation players that are restricted free agents, you have from the Lakers, you have Ruri Hachimura, and then from the Boston Celtics, you have Grant Williams. So Ruri Hachimura, uh, qualifying offer is seven point seven million. Grant Williams. Qualifying offer is $8.4 million, and those are both rotation players. Do either of them make, make you tingle, make you freeze? No, no not at all. Um, I'm not saying just Grant Williams, the way he looks, I can't stand it on the court. I just don't like the the skinny fatness of him. I'm sorry. Is that skinny rude? I, just, I don't know. I just don't like the way he looks All right, um, on the court. Um, when I watch the Celtics, I might be wrong. Jamsters, you can tell me if I'm wrong. I just don't like how... I just don't like the results he gets on the court. I think it's probably opposite of that, maybe. But I just every time I watch the Celtics, I just was like, I can't stand that dude. So Rui Hachimura, as soon as the trade happened, helped them, helped the Lakers had those huge games, then just fell off. Right. So those are two guys I just I'm staying away from. What about you? Grant Williams intrigues me. Grant Williams, six foot six. Right. He went to Tennessee. He's one of those guys who just thinks he's a lot better than he is. He's kind of a Jay Crowder type. He's a guy who defensively is going to get uh, underneath the skin of the opposition. You know, you look at his stats last year with Boston, played in 79 games, started 23 of them, 8.1 points, 4.6 rebounds, uh, 2.4 personal fouls. He's kind of your fuck shit up guy. And as much as I don't like Grant Williams, I'm the same way as you. Just don't like his face. But I think he could fit. I think that he could be somebody if you do Booker slash Beal at the guards, KD at the three, DA at the five, Grant Williams could be the guy who can kind of get in there and you know throw some elbows, get, get under, uh, underneath the skin of the opposition, be physical. So I could see it. And I don't know if Boston necessarily wants him back for some of the reasons that you stated. He's kind of douchey. He's kind of like a big Pat Bev. He's, he's, in, he's in that same conversation. All right, he's not a Dylan Brooks, he's not a Pat Bev, he's not a Grayson Allen, but he's kind of in that conversation. So he is somebody who, if the Suns were to make a qualifying offer, I wouldn't be I, I don't know if I'd be mad necessarily. I could see it, I could see it working with the team. Maybe that's just me. Okay. Yeah. The last guy on the list who is a starter, restricted free agent type from the Charlotte Hornets. Is a guy I really like. Uh, he's got a qualifying offer of eight point four million, and that's PJ Washington. Now, when you talk about PJ Washington, he's somebody who I think at least once a year, or at least when we watch the the Hornets play, we're just like, man, I kind of kind of wish we had PJ Washington. You know, he's six foot seven. Basketball Reference has him as a power forward and a center because he plays big. He's another one of those you know, kind of some undersized power forwards that exist in the league this day, but he plays big. He plays physical. I like PJ Washington. I don't see any world where the Charlotte Hornets don't extend him. I just don't. I think with, the- I was going to say, yeah, he's one guy that I wanted the Suns to get um, a guy that can finish at the rim. Obviously. Yes. He just, 
he's a guy that can go grab boards. Um, he can do everything that we want him to do for this team as the old guys run around. I'm just joking. They're not that old yet. But I, I just think he's a good guy to fill in there for the starting position. Not going to happen, but um, he's just a guy that can finish at the rim and can draw fouls. Not a very, I think he's 73% from the free throw line, which is not bad, but he's still young. He's still raw. That's what's so exciting about him because you get him on a new team, a team like the Suns with superstars a good on it. Team. Oh my God. I think that'd be awesome. Like if they give him a good amount of money, I would not be mad because I think that's a good fit for that starting lineup. Yeah. Again, I just, I don't see Charlotte parting ways with him. I don't. I think with LaMelo yeah. Ball, you know, now they got Brendan Miller to play the three. <laughs> uh, I just, I don't know. We'll see. But I, I don't see him being on the market. So that brings us to our unrestricted free agents. And obviously, this is the list, in my opinion. These are the guys that the Suns can go out and take a shot at, right? You start with the fringe players, right? You have Thonis Antetokounmpo. No, right? Nope. O'Shea Brissett. No, right? Pacers. Udonis Haslam, Andre Iguodala. Those guys are fucking out of the... How old do you think Udonis Haslam is? Uh, he is 43. That's correct. Wow. I should have... Yeah. Dang it, man. Whenever I have yeah, the, the list chance... right in front of me, man. Shit. Well, I, I should have done say, the tribute. Brissett, I was looking at him just to see, um, but he's one of those raw guys too, but he's yeah. Um, but he's just too small. Like, he's 6'7", 210. I'm like, that's... Yeah, that's not going to work. You already got lanky Kevin Durant there, so... <laughs> James Johnson, also on the Pacers, 36.3 years old. I like James Johnson, man. He's a fucking MMA fighter. You want physicality? You keep him on the bench. You get in a fight. He goes out. And he just fucking drop kicks Pat Bev. I'm there for it. Yeah. Not a lot of money either. No. Veteran minimum on that guy. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Markeith Morris. Hell no. Bring him back. Yeah, and hell no. Are you no. serious about bringing him back? Okay, cool. No. Uh, rotation guys. A lot of good names in here. Okay. Justice Winslow, Portland Trailblazers. What are your thoughts on Justice Winslow? That guy's been on like I, a lot of teams. I was gonna say, like, he's he's like the one name that just he's it's a big name. And I think with Matt Ishbia the way he is, I feel like he would just grab that name because people know him, but he's just never made it yet, right? He's just he's a guy that can have huge nights in the NBA. He can probably win you a game here or there, but it just sounds like a name. It's like, well, let's give this guy a chance. Justice Winslow, everybody knows who he is. You just give him an opportunity here in Phoenix with a good team around him. You never know. Um, I'm not very interested. I just kind of noted him. Um, and it just seems like a name that the Suns might go after. But I'm just not interested in him at all. I just I wouldn't be surprised if the Suns make a run at him. I don't know. That's just a feeling I get. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. He is a well-known name. He is somebody who would, again, he'd come in and be a backup. So through your yeah. lens, it's a yes. For me, it's definitely a no. Looking at some other guys that they have out there, uh, winning Gabriel from the Lakers. I have no interest to you. No, Derek Jones Jr. They have him classified as a power forward. That's how you know this yeah, league's no. fucking weird. No, uh, that's <laughs> K, what I'm uh, saying. This is strange. Keita Bates Diop, San Antonio Spurs. I don't know. What do you think? I didn't have him down. No, he's not on my list. He's not on my list of guys that no. make me tingle. Dario Saric. Sorry, no. but no thanks. Sar Dario Saric, not even thirty yet. Feels like that guy's like 45. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you smoke all them cigarettes, man. When you're hanging out, you know, behind Circle K and you're pounding ciggies. That's, yeah. that's what you get. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jamichael Green from the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I don't have him down. Sounds like someone you like. I, I kind of like there. 
I kind of like Jamichael Green. You know, for those of you who uh, remember Jamichael, when he spells it kind of funny, um, but he's you know he's six foot eight, so he kind of has that that size and that girth that we like. He's somebody who you know last season six point four points. He was at Denver the previous year six point four points, eight point one points the year before that, and the majority of the time he's coming off the bench. And I think that you know in his uh, nine years playing in the NBA, coming out of Alabama. He's somebody who's definitely provided a serviceable role. You know, he's like a he's like an eight and six points and rebound guy coming off the bench. Now, I definitely don't see him as a starter. You know, you go back when he played for the Memphis Grizzlies in 2016, all the way through 2018, he started almost every game that he was in, right? And in those games, he was a 10 and eight guy, an eight and nine and seven guy for a couple seasons. So I just I like him, but I don't necessarily like him as a starter. And again, that's what I'm looking for right now. As a backup guy, sure. But again, we have all these other potential power forwards. Unless we're just stacking size behind, you know, with our second team unit. If you're looking for athleticism, you already got it. If you're looking for somebody who's bigger and can be more physical, then you go with him. But I pause, but I'm not it's not somebody I necessarily want the Suns to to pursue. Uh, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Me neither, man. All right. Jeff Green, old man Jeff Green, who just won a championship with the Denver Nuggets. Should retire, right? Should. Go out on top, man. Yeah, you have to now. You did he's it. In, he's in Denver. Be like John Elway. Just uh, go off. Did he ever win another, he's been on so many teams. Did he never win before? He never did? I mean, I can look it up. I was just didn't yeah, know I can if look, he knew. No, I'm, I think that was his only ring. Yeah, Jeff I was Green. Say, I don't remember him. Nope, this, that was his only ring. I remember him being a cleat. Like, he's been on every team that just missed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like he was one off. <laughs> Seattle drafted him. Then, then he was OKC, obviously. He played for Boston, you know, right after Boston was good. Played in Memphis. Played with the Clippers during that Clipper run, you know, with uh, Chris Paul and, and Blake Griffin. But they obviously never won. Had a year in Orlando. Year with Cleveland when Cleveland didn't win. Played with the Wizards. Played with Utah. Played with Houston. Played with Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. I don't need don't, – don't add Phoenix to the list. Uh, let's see who else do we have here for the power forward? Jalen McDaniels, power forward out of the from the Philadelphia 76ers. Thoughts on Jalen McDaniels? Yeah, you know what? I'm actually kind of excited about this guy. I think it's a good price right now. I'm not really sure how much he would be making, but a versatile guy that played the small forward, power forward position. He played he played well during the regular season, but he didn't play much during the playoffs. Only attempted a little over one one three a game. Um, and he's only 25. That's pretty nice, man. Um, he shoots great from the free throw line, but needs to improve getting there. And that's kind yeah. of something that I want at that position is a guy that can get to the line. You know what I mean? I, I guess maybe someone that can play the block, play on the block, but then also just get to the line. Like, I think we definitely need that. I think the energy he can bring off the bench would be great. But the amount of money, I'm not sure. Do you know how much you think he's, this guy's going to get? Because I think that's a good name coming off the bench with the Suns. I think he's going to be a uh, somebody who's sought after for sure in free agency. I think his price will be too high. You know, he's not somebody who's made a lot of money in the past, but due to his six foot nine frame um, and his ability, I mean, he shot forty percent from deep last year. Now, granted, he's a career thirty four percent three point shooter, but he's somebody who has uh, a flair to him and some size that a lot of teams are going to take a shot at. And I think it's just going to be outside of the Suns' reach. I do like him as well. I don't see him being a, a, a possible starter, but no, he's somebody either. who. He is somebody who I think that the Suns could explore, but I think the market's going to dictate otherwise. And I think that 
due to the way that his career has kind of uh, gone, I think that he's going to try to cash in on this paycheck. You know, he's not somebody who is has a ton. You know, this is what his fifth year in the league. This is his first opportunity to get really get a check. And so I just I don't think that he's going to 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 sign with Phoenix or Phoenix really going to explore bringing him on. Mm-hmm. The next guy on the list is somebody I'm big on, right? Yeah. Trey Lyles, power forward, Sacramento Kings. Trey Lyles, uh, I love Trey Lyles. He's got the grit. He's got the fuck you attitude. I believe he played He, he played on the same team as Book, right, in college? Well, I'm almost 100% sure. He's in the 2015 draft. Yeah, he was the 12th overall pick, so he went right before Booker in the draft. Okay, okay. Yep. Yeah, both Kentucky guys. Um, so I, I think that Trey Lyles, you know, you might get that Kentucky discount, but obviously been kind of a career backup guy, um, of his 523 games played in his career, 126 have come from a starting position. He is a career 34% shooter from beyond the arc, but I feel like every time we played the Kings, he was fucking stroking them. Him being on the open market, this might be his last chance at a big bag. So I don't know if necessarily, what is important to him? Is it, is it going after the big bag or is it having an opportunity to, to play for a winner? You know, his career earnings to this point are 23 million, you know? So if he goes out there and he can sign like a $12 million deal for three years, man, he's already, you know, guaranteed himself to make more in three years than he did his whole career. And like, that's the tough thing about Trey Lyles, but I would absolutely love him. And I would love for him to be on our team as a starter. I can see Trey Lyles as a starter. Absolutely. Yeah. Spread the I mean, more guy. Yeah, you go for the bag. Um, you saw they won a chance. I mean, the Nuggets when they won last year, um, you saw the celebrations and stuff, Jokic and stuff. You just all you do is you go to the club and you celebrate. It's nothing, it's not really worth it winning. It just so I mean it's sad, man. It's <laughs> just go depressing. for the bag, man. But yeah, um, I think he's a good player, good passer. Uh, he's a lot of upside. He is 27, right? 27 yeah. years old. So it doesn't seem like that's that young, but I feel like he has a lot more talent there. Um, it's an exciting name for me too. I really think so. Yeah, I just again, I think that priced out of the market kind of thing. Unless you, the only chance you have for one of these guys is like, hey, come here for a veteran minimum deal one year. Let's yeah. be a part of this. Go win a chip. You can be a part of that. Then boom, you can hit the free agency market with the chip, and and triple your returns, what have you. So he's he's the. He's the twinkle in my eye, Trey Lyles, when it comes to the power forward position. <laughs> uh, the last rotation player available in the unrestricted free agent market is Gorgin Yang from uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm-hmm. You know, six foot seven power forward, obviously known for his three point shooting ability. He is a career 40% three point shooter. Thoughts on Yang? He's one of the worst looking dudes in a uniform. Hate it. Um, but you know, there, there's something there. I think he has some talent. I just, I just get a bad feeling with the dude. You know, it's like I don't trust him most nights. The 76ers were on TV almost every Thursday, yeah. Friday night. Every Thursday, Friday, I watch the Sixers. I watch this guy, and I'm just like, I just don't trust him. He always, it seemed like there was always some kind of miscommunication between him and the other players. But I mean, maybe that's more to do with James Harden and Joel Embiid. Potentially, I just, I don't know. I there's something. I just don't like the feeling I get. He's kind of like, I think I said this before, like, like a sister's like trashy boyfriend that like lives in the house. That's what he looks like. And that's what he reminds me of. 
does. Looks like he hasn't showered and shaved. In yeah, like three it's just days. like yeah, he's just there sleeping on the couch. Like he's he's always wide open on three because he smells, and everyone's like, "I'm not getting near that dude." Yeah, they don't want to touch like, the dude. He smells like an ashtray. He smells like <laughs> old fish in your couch cushion. You're just like, "What the fuck?" And he's just like, "I'm wide open, baby," just stroking him from beyond the arc. Yeah, yeah, you know, like I feel like he is somebody who, again, he if the Suns bring him here, I'm not upset because he meets a need a backup power forward who can shoot the three ball. So essentially you're saying, okay, with our backup squad, knowing that if we're going to pursue busy or we're going to bring back shock Landell and, and just a, a programming remote or remote, a programming reminder for all the jamsters, we will be going live on Thursday to discuss our final position, which is all free agents at the center position. Uh, but if they're going with guys who are primarily defensively based like Bismack Biombo to bring back, you're going to need some offensive firepower with your second team unit. I don't see that from Baisley because he's too raw. I don't see that from Tumani Kamara because he's going to literally be on the end of the bench, you know, and, and I don't see it from, you know, the, the, the third guy, whoever that other guy is, who's going to be playing power for, Oh, Isaiah. Ta, yeah. Like he's just not going to get the minutes. So if that's the case and you do bring in someone like Gorgian Yang, it's just like, you're saying, okay, we're going to bring in a guy who can shoot threes, but I, I don't see it happening. I just, there's no link between him and the Suns, in my opinion. So anything else on him? No. All right. We've got Nothing. one starter in the unrestricted free agent pool and that's Harrison Barnes. And Harrison Barnes is an interesting cat because he's, he's made some money in his career, right? Like, his total career earnings is, I mean, he, he signed that contract with the Dallas Mavericks back in 2016, and that was for four years, $94 million. He signed a, a one-year retainer for 16. He's been uh, making money his whole career. His past four contracts, $24 million, $22 million, $20 million, $18 million. The guy's 31. He doesn't need the money, technically. I don't know if this is his chance to make one last bag, which it probably is. But yeah. if he's some but if he's somebody who's like, hey, you know what? I got traded because Kevin Durant came to the Warriors. They traded me over to the uh uh the Dallas Mavericks. Maybe I got a chance now to come back and play with Kevin Durant. Anyway, or am I just trying to will this into existence? It's not gonna happen. I don't see it happening. I think the funny way to look at this is he's actually going to probably leave the Kings when the Kings have a chance to win a title next year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he'll be off that team. Um, but I think the bag, I think he's a still a sexy name because you saw how valuable he was. He was kind of hidden away the previous two or three years. It's just like, oh, Harrison Barnes still plays for the Kings. But he showed how much he still has left. Um, I think he gets paid. Going back on the Kings would probably be... I don't know. I think they move on from him for sure, but another team will definitely pick him up for big money. They'll move on from him if they have a solid replacement in mind. And that brings us to the all-star caliber uh, power forwards on this list. And the top of the list is Draymond Green. There's been some rumors that Draymond Green, who has opted out of his contract with the Golden State Warriors, could potentially just be going to Sacramento. I think that would be fantastic. I would I would, I would, would love be that. Awesome. Go, what that would fit? be. That yeah. would be. That'd be absolutely fantastic. I do not want the Suns to go after Draymond Green, nor do I feel like they can afford him. I just don't get me wrong. He meets that need of the fuck shit up guy. Uh, he could be a imagine what he could do for DA. Like, but I, I think that the relationship that he has with Kevin Durant and their time playing in Golden State, there was a lot of kerfuffle that happened in that last season, which ultimately they lost the championship with Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson getting injured in the finals. But I just I don't see it happening. Do you? No. 
with Draymond, it's it's tough because I wanted the trade to happen with DA for Draymond. You know, you sign him, trade him. That would have been sweet. Um, he would have been nice here on the Suns. I want him on the Suns, so I'm opposite there. Yeah. Um, but I think what's going to happen is he will stay with the Warriors. I think it's a tough situation for them to move on from a guy like Draymond and replace him because oh, he yeah. does do so much for that team, right? Well, he's the heart and soul of that team. He is, and I just to replace that guy is just difficult. I don't care about the podcast, what he does. Like after, like so many people give him shit for all that. You know, they're losing, and he's still doing a podcast right after. He just he ties. We that lose, and we do a podcast after every game. I know, I know shit. exactly. Losers. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think he stays with the Warriors. I think they they resign him to like a three year deal. I'm hearing so something like that, and I think he just remains there. That's what your sources are telling you. Yeah, that's what Yahoo Sports says. That's source. My sauce. That's your, that's your sauce. Uh, the other guy on this list is Jeremy Grant, all uh, unrestricted free agent from Portland. I just, again, just out of our price range. Oh, I would absolutely. love, I would love yeah. Jeremy Grant on this team, but there's no fucking way. No, not anymore. I think he would have been nice, you know, solid pick, but I would rather have a guy, to me, I'd rather have a guy like, would you rather have a guy like Beal for that amount of money and then pay Jeremy Grant or or pay Jeremy Grant $40 million? Because it looks like that's what he's going to be making. It's yeah, about Bill. $40 million a year. I would Beal. rather have a guy like Beal yep. than a guy like Grant, who is a solid player, but not an all-star, not a superstar. Like, um, well, Bradley Beal, yeah. Yeah, he's a three-time all-star and a one-time yeah. all, all-NBA guy. Yeah, I just I, I agree with everything you said there. Uh, there's one guy who's not on this list who's on the small forward list. He's six foot nine. And that's Utah Watanabe. It's something that when I had both Coach and Jay Joyce from the He's on Fire podcast, we discussed it during the small forwards. I wanted to give get your opinion on Utah Watanabe because I think that he would be an absolute great fit for this team. He's got connections to Kevin Durant in his yeah. time in Brooklyn. He's six foot nine. He is. He's kind of like, in my opinion, he's like the Asian Davis Bertans, but he plays better defense. So, what what do you think about him? Is that somebody the Suns could pursue, should pursue, and could be potentially be a starter for the team? Yo, Jamster's out there. Just cover your ears really quick. I have no idea. I don't know anything about his game. There you go. That's uh, according to Matthew Sauces. um, (laughs) (laughs) I I saw. I saw the want. And I saw pictures of him and KD in Brooklyn, obviously. Yes. And it was someone the Suns were kind of going after or thinking about. But I'm not familiar with his game, so I apologize on that one. Yeah, he's he's a great shooter. I'll tell you that. Go watch some highlights, and, you, and you'll yeah. instantly you'll come back on the podcast. You're like, I've watched the highlights of Utah Watanabe, and yes, I. I yeah, code I watch says him. three and D. Lucy, thank you very much. You know what, code? So what we're gonna do is we're gonna start just giving you a list of our topics, and you just on the on the side text me or message me your thoughts. All right. <laughs> I feel like if I don't know what I'm talking about, I'll just go to those notes. I'm like, yo, code, what do we got? Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> it. Appreciate it. Um, last segment before we get out of here is the our thoughts segment. It's got, I'm not used to doing drops, man. It's been so long. Where the fuck is the our drop? Our, our thoughts drop. Where is it, Matthew? This is a great radio. This is a reminder. Subscribe, rate, and review. Out, out. Hit, uh, hit, hit the subscribe button. Hit the rate button. Hit the review button. Thoughts. In the middle of our- um, brains? Ooh, my brain ain't working like it used to, baby. Um, so it was reported today that the Suns were working out Jabari Parker and Stanley Johnson as part of some free agents that they're going to be bringing in on Wednesday with the team. What are your thoughts on both of those players? 
Well, Stanley Johnson defense, obviously you got that, but it's mostly IQ. I think, I think you got some guys that can play off the bench that just have IQ. I think high IQ, some defense from Stanley Johnson, Jabari Parker can still be somewhat of a threat, but I think what they're really going for is just kind of veterans that just know the game off the bench. And that's just my initial take from it. I agree with you. And I know that, you know, obviously when, when you talk about Jabari Parker, he's somebody who was injured all last season. Uh, he was the former number two overall pick in the 2014 draft out of Duke. And, mm-hmm. you know, due to the, his continual injuries, while the talent has been there, the best ability, which is availability, hasn't been. And obviously, when we're talking about potential point guards for the Suns, you're looking for that availability because, you know, and and I'm sorry, Stanley Johnson is uh, uh, more of the four. Why did I say point guard? Um, when we're talking about the wing positions, you're looking for that availability. And Jabari Parker is somebody I absolutely like. I really did. I liked him. You know, I didn't like Duke, but I liked him when he was there. I liked who he's been in flashes. But again, the fact that he can't be on the court is something that's detrimental to his success. Whereas Stanley Johnson, you know, a spur coming from that 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 Spurs uh, team last year, two years ago, he played for Frank Vogel. He played in 48 games for him. He started 27, you know, 6.7 points, 3.2 rebounds, nothing to write home about necessarily. But again, he can play kind of that three slash four. And I think the Suns are essentially, they're keeping their options open because I feel like although they've they've stated that they want Tory Craig to come back and they want, you know, potentially TJ Warren and Terrence Ross, you got to keep all your, your options open. And you're right. IQ guys, defensive-based guys, that's what Frank Vogel and his team have an affinity for. Ultimately, what do you think the Suns are going to do at the four? Where, where are we going to end up? When we talk power forward, when opening day comes around, what are the Phoenix Suns going to be doing? Honestly, what I think is they're going to be spending some money on a four. I think they want to fill that starting five up to look solid. They want to have that banner, not four guys' faces, but five. So who is it? All the guys we just know. discussed. Who is it? I don't know. All these, oh, out, of, out of these guys? Out well, of I mean, these... That's got to be somebody, right? Or the yeah. or, or, or um, Kevin Durant's playing the four, and then who's starting at the three? Did they go PJ? Oh, is there any nice. way they get him? Just they overpay could. the dude? If they just say fuck the second tax, that's that's right, the yeah. one guy I like. I like Draymond, but I know that's not going to be possible. I think Draymond would have to play the center, and then you would have to put Da at the four. And I just, you know, what I said in the beginning that might be something that might be an option. But if they're committed to that, yeah, it's fine. But then Draymond's a lot. You can get PJ a little cheaper, but we believe in PJ to be fucking solid at that position. So that would be a solid name, I think. I would love Trey Lyles. I really would. Mm. I think it's Tory Craig. I think you what think they so? do is that I depressing. Think, I think, man, not necessarily because no. it's it's different. We liked him last year. So. I, I like Tory Craig. You know, again, I don't think he's necessarily big enough, but I think they re-signed Tory Craig and he's your starting four. I honestly think that's what they ha- what happens. And the Suns move themselves into more of that positionless basketball mindset and strategy as they attempt to execute their offense next year. That's what I think happens. What I want to happen again, I'd like Trey Lyles as our you know in. in I, on the team. I don't know if he's our starting four, but I'd like him on the team. I just, there's so much I don't know about what's going to happen. I really don't like, I've always had kind of my, I feel like my pulse on what's going to happen in the off seasons. This one is just like fucking tear it down and rebuilding. Good luck with no money. Like, and or, or you have money and you just don't care. And it's just, yeah. it's hard for me to break that mindset of, yeah, but the second tax apron. Yeah. But the second tax apron, with while simultaneously being like, fuck our futures, fucked, fuck our futures, fucked. So it's just, I, I'm, 
I'm just so excited to see what's going to happen. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I think it's going to be big. I think it's going to be huge. I really do. I Deep down, I do. And I know you said the future's fucked, but can't worry about that, man. One season at a time. That's all one you big can. name, one $50 million contract at a time. And if we could just win one championship. I one swear championship, a lifetime. <sighs> That'd be fantastic. Well, that's it for this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. So thank you to everybody who decided to watch along live or watch at another time or listen another time. Your support, even in June, especially in June, is truly appreciated. So make sure you hit the thumbs up button. You should subscribe, rate, review. You can find all of my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. You can follow me at Darth Voida on Twitter. You can follow the show at Suns Jam. And you can follow Matthew Lissy. I'm Matthew Lissy. We'll be coming to you live to talk about the free agents relative to the center position on Thursday. And then with free agency occurring this weekend, we've both opened up our, our books, uh, our calendars to be wide open for any emergency pods that need to happen. Who knows? Maybe we'll get LaMarcus Aldridge finally and we'll <laughs> on a podcast right when that happened. Uh, yeah. but everybody, thank you again for watching and or listening to the podcast. We truly appreciate it. We'll see you on Thursday. Yeah, go home. Love your family, everybody. credit card bill.